Hello, everybody. This series is going to be my review and debunking of the new Showtime show, Everything's Gonna Be All White. In this specific episode, I will be addressing their quote-unquote whitewashing of January 6th. There's been a long-standing media narrative that January 6th was absolutely a racist, white supremacist activity. I have long stated that this isn't the case, but after watching this now, I realize that it was important that somebody actually took the time to put together as many images and videos as I could find, specifically to address that no, in fact, there were Trump supporters there who were not, in fact, white, and that nobody was mistreating the people of color who were present who were supporting Trump. I want to remind everyone, I didn't vote for Trump, and I wouldn't, and I don't support what happened on January 6th. The reason that I'm doing this is that I'm sick of people lying about it. And as you guys know on my show, I will call out the right or the left when they do this. In this instance, the January 6th narrative is just absolutely ridiculous. And when watching this first episode of the show, they of course immediately skipped in history immediately over the riots of 2020. And we're going to get into that here in a moment. Um, it was clear to me that this series was going to require a series of mine. There's just too much here that needs to be addressed. So let's get into it. One of the ongoing themes that we see frequently, particularly when discussing critical race theory, is that supposedly there are a lot of lies in our history, um, or that we're covering certain things up. And this image was taken from the film, and as you can see, it's kind of scorched. It's because they, in this particular part of the film, they're showing a dramatic, you know, a set of images of things like this, the Tulsa race massacre and this incident uh, being burned as if people were trying to cover this up. They also ironically used images of Nazis burning books in order to kind of reinforce this. Um, and they also ironically do bring up the 1619 project, which has been proven to be false. So, but the long narrative going on here is that supposedly white people control the narrative. White people are editing history you know, selectively to keep the truth from the people. Ironically, even in their own imagery of January 6th, they couldn't completely whitewash the situation. This image is literally taken from their film. And in it, you see, you know, a black individual wearing a Trump mask and, you know, wearing a Trump hat. You know, and it looks like there's a person of color over there to the right, too. Um, so even in their attempt to try to make this about white supremacy, they couldn't cover up the presence of people of color on January 6th. Now, because I'm sure I would get copyright struck if I actually played clips of this video, I'm instead going to take screenshots using the subtitles to help me narrate. Um, and there were some pieces, obviously, I skipped past, but if you watch the original film, um, you'll get all of that. I'm not trying to omit information, but I'm focused instead on what the narrator is saying because it's the message of the film. It begins with, now, if you're a true white patriot, you probably watched the news that day, alarmed by everything happening to your country. You may have told yourself some bullshit, like, this is not who we are. But if you're a person of color, you were probably making dinner washing your car, or doing some other regular shit. Because none of this is new. Every time they're feeling fragile, white folks throw hissy fits. These days, they're feeling fragile as shit. Now, note the characterization here to suggest, first of all, that all white folks this or that. 
Remember what that is. When you say that, you know, race determines your characteristics, what was that word for when people believe that race is a fundamental determinant of human traits and capacities? Oh, yeah, I remember that word. One of the people that they called in to help them, you know, tell their story in this propaganda film was a journalist named Mel Cole. And he does state when he's telling his story that somehow he just ended up in the middle of all of it. Now, despite the supposedly heavily white supremacist and anti-black energy of the crowd, they allowed a black photojournalist to walk around unmolested and get all kinds of footage and pictures of what was taking place on January 6th. If this was really a crowd full of white supremacists, why would they ever allow that? Now, of course, don't let me disrupt the narrative again, but let's go ahead and take a look at what he had to say. It's super important, you know? When it comes down to who's telling the history, because as we've seen throughout history, whoever is in power can control the narrative, and you can erase history. And that's why it's important for me, as a black man, as a black documentarian, a black photographer, go out and make sure that these stories are told from my perspective. I guess that's kind of a laudable goal, the thing is, is that the people in this documentary are not really interested in all black people's perspectives, just the ones that agree with them. And that will be pretty clear, because the blacks for Trump don't really exist in this film. They didn't talk to any of them. They didn't talk to anybody who wouldn't have supported this obvious propaganda piece that they're putting together. Well, since it's so important to him as a black journalist to be sure that we record what happened on January 6th accurately, and since history is so important to the people who made this film... Let's just give him a hand here and show some images and videos of people who are there, present, who happen to be people of color. This guy doesn't seem to be having any problem with the alleged white supremacists in the crowd. And just in case there's any doubt, yep, he's wearing a Trump hat. What about this really diverse crowd with Asians and Hispanics all waving Trump flags? You know, and there's another one. Look at that, a black gentleman out in the crowd. And there's a nice patriotic black lady right here with a flag in her hand. And look at that, another black person just chilling out in the crowd. No problems. Nobody's harassing him. Nobody's giving him any trouble. What about this guy? Yep, he's there. Nobody's causing any problems for him. I wonder what the deal is. What about this guy? He looks pretty excited to be there. Definitely not white. Or this guy here, who is being carefully helped to safety because he'd been knocked unconscious from fighting the cops. Right in the narrative. So I have to thank Mary Todd for helping me find a bunch of these images, but one of the things that disturbs me when I was researching this was that it is now way harder to find these images. So if you know of any images or videos of people of color who were present on January 6th and taking part, Please make sure you grab them because it's very clear now that they're being cleaned off Google systematically. Even when I used DuckDuckGo, I couldn't find very many. It's really time for people to stop lying about this. There were people of color who supported Trump, and it wasn't because they had internalized racism or some nonsense like that. Look at that diverse crowd marching with the Proud Boys. Aren't the Proud Boys supposed to be white supremacist racists? Why aren't they turning around and punching out that Hispanic guy behind them? Hey, I agree. It's definitely important that we accurately record history, um, particularly when it's pertaining to important events like January 6th. We shouldn't omit important details like the Tulsa Race Massacre, or the fact that there were plenty of people of color that were present on January 6th supporting Donald Trump. 
We should definitely teach all of the details about the Atlantic slave trade, and we should omit things that are incorrect, like, say, the false claim of the 1619 Project that the Revolutionary War was fought to preserve slavery. You can win the Pulitzer for making up lies like that. And disinformation is a rampant problem right now in this country, which is the reason why people believe that they were white supremacists on January 6th, and that that was their primary motive. It can't possibly be that they had some kind of, you know, other point of view. Remember, we have to report only from the black perspective, but only the approved black perspective. And like Joe Biden said, if you don't agree with them, you're just not black. So that concludes this first episode of my series about everything's going to be all white. Um, I'm going to continue to make these, and I think it actually may take quite a while. But it's important that we understand the big picture here. This film is overtly racist against white people, period. And it's part of a disturbing trend that is encouraging people of color to actively speak collectively about all white people and that all white people do this and all white people do that, or that all white people are responsible for this and all white people are responsible for that. And this trend is just getting bigger and bigger. I run into more people who do it all the time. And as I'm going to reveal in the show that I'm going to be doing that exposes the science of the situation, I again strongly feel that whoever is doing this is diabolically racist because Science shows that if you attack a group in that way, you're going to get the defensive opposite response of what you want. And there's no way these people don't know that that's what they're doing. When you watch this film, it is extremely obvious what they are up to. And it reminds me an awful lot of another person's playbook. Pre-Holocaust, the Nazis engaged in a steady campaign of essentially dehumanizing the Jews to the German people to get them more and more acclimated to the idea that they should be comfortable with eradicating these people who are obviously their enemies, of othering them, as ironically racial activists would point out, making it more and more acceptable to say negative things about them as a collective, as a whole. And although she was talking more specifically about Republicans or conservatives as a whole, this is kind of the point that Gina Carano was trying to make in her infamous tweet that finally got her quote-unquote fired from uh, Star Wars. But let's see what she said. Jews were beaten in the streets, not by Nazi soldiers, but by their neighbors, even by children. Because history is edited, ironic, most people today don't realize that to get to the point where Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, the government first made their own neighbors hate them simply for being Jews. How is that any different from hating someone for their political views, or for being white for that matter? Again, this is not going to lead to that. There's, it, that's not the direction this is headed. I strongly feel that any such race war would be obviously self-destructive. However, it's evident to me that somebody wants racism to be alive and well, and they're fully aware of the fact that there are many scientific papers that prove that engaging in the kinds of activism that they're engaging in leads to more racism. There's a reason that Black Lives Matter rejected and threatened Daryl Davis, because they don't actually want effective racial activism. They want to continue racism. They want to preserve racism. And a man like this, who could literally bring people from the highest ranks of the Ku Klux Klan out of that cult, 
and to get them to abandon and reject racism is a threat to them. Aside from any dark puppet masters who just want the poor divided against one another, there's also the motive of people like Ibram X. Kendi, who of course appears in this shitty film, you know, to continue racism, to preserve racism. Where would his career go if he wasn't getting paid $25,000 for 45-minute Zoom calls? You know, where would his money come from if he couldn't sell books anymore, you know, that basically teach people to be as racist as possible while telling them to be an anti-racist? You know, what would happen to him? I mean, if racism was ever actually conquered or even just drastically reduced, somebody like Patrice Cullors might have trouble paying off those mansions she bought. If racism was ever conquered, what would happen to the careers of people like Talking Heads on MSNBC? I don't think they'd be doing very well, at least nowhere near as well as they have been. Well, folks, that's what I've got for you today. As I said, there'll be more in that series. Uh, please consider visiting my website, v-radio.us. You can support me financially there on PayPal or Patreon. Uh, you can also join all my social media accounts to actually make sure that you get notified when I put together new content. Uh, YouTube has not been very uh, accurate in that regard. You can also find my work on Odyssey, Rumble, etc. You can find all of those links also on my website. And thanks again for tuning in to V-Radio.